When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This 710 podcast is brought to you by Francis Coppola's Diamond Collection Wines. Coppola's Diamond Collection offers the perfect wines to celebrate both big and small occasions this summer. Claret Cabernet Sauvignon is the perfect pairing with juicy burgers. And Diamond Sparkling Prosecco goes great with friends at your next garden party. Enjoy your summer with Diamond Collection Wines. Francis Ford Coppola Winery, Sonoma, California. Please drink responsibly. What is going on, Laker fans? Thank you very much for tuning in. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. I think we're about a month away from training camp starting, so we're not too far away from uh, Lakers basketball coming back. Uh, excited to uh, have Mike Trudell on the show a little bit later tonight and got a lot of good topics, whether it's Austin Reeves balling out the way he is, how much pressure is going to be on Reeves this upcoming year, what's Austin Reeves' ceiling. I think that's an interesting conversation. Giannis Antetokounmpo is sending a message to the Milwaukee Bucks and the Lakers and Knicks are some in some shape, way, or form tied into it. We'll talk about that. Charles Barkley, not that crazy about the Lakers unless one thing happens. AD's got to be an MVP candidate. So uh, there's a lot of good stuff to get into. Appreciate you guys being a part of the show. If you want to call in, 877-710-ESPN. You can call in at any time. Um, I'm going to start off with Austin Reeves here real quick. And part of it is because, man, you go on Twitter when the USA is playing in this uh, FIBA World Cup. They actually started the group stage, USA 2-0. They beat Greece earlier today. No Giannis Antetokounmpo. But you go on Twitter when these games are going on, and, man, there's so many Austin Reeves highlights. And that might just be the powerful uh, – the how powerful the brand of the Los Angeles Lakers is. I'm sure that has a lot to do with it. Um, but it also has to do with the fact that here's Austin Reeves, a player that really wasn't on anybody's radar a couple years ago – um, had a, a nice, unique impact one year ago, as in not last season, the year prior, but the Lakers only had 33 wins. They had 49 losses, so how much did you really pay attention to it? And then came out this year and absolutely balled out. Was great in the playoffs, was great in the regular season, and here's an extension of what he brings to the table, now getting a chance to represent the USA in this FIBA World Cup. Look at these numbers today from Austin Reeves. 15 points, five rebounds, six assists, and that's Austin Reeves coming off the bench. So I saw a stat a little bit earlier. Reeves joined the Lakers, uh, joined his Lakers teammate LeBron James as the only Team USA players to finish with at least 15 points, five rebounds, and five assists in a World Cup game since 1994. So it's been it's been fun to watch Reeves over the last couple of years. Definitely was great to watch him in the postseason, what he did in the regular season. But this is a cool extension of his game, playing with some other really uh, talented players around the NBA representing the USA as well, and seeing what he's doing. So uh, shout out to Austin Reeves and uh, getting a chance to obviously see his impact that he's having for Team USA as well. You know, something with Reeves is... I think is a perfect transition um, in regards to him and his game and everything he brings to the table. I was trying to think 
How much pressure is going to be on Austin Reeves this upcoming year? That There's been so much chatter around Austin Reeves. Does this guy feel any of it? Is, is the weight on his shoulders – it just doesn't – I don't take him as a guy – that is too concerned with the chatter, the conversation. I just take him as somebody who loves playing basketball, uh, continues to get better, and I don't see pressure in his in his DNA. And, and I'm I'm not even trying to. It's not even trying to be dramatic about it, but it just feels like no, this is what I do. I'm I'm strategic when I play the game. Uh, I I do the basics. I don't try to do anything really outside of my scope. I'm continuing to learn the game more and more. I don't really see this guy looking at his situation this upcoming year and saying, oh, my gosh, look, all the attention is on me. Wow, I'm a fan favorite. Can I live up to the hype? I just don't feel like that's going to be an issue at all. I'm not even going to have the conversation. You know, we've done this before. Travis and I, when we uh, do our morning show, we've had part of the conversation is, hey, is – is Austin Reeve the third best player on the Lakers? And you start going through it, and it's not even a – it's literally there's no argument. I don't think you can you can make an argument the other way. The third best player on this Lakers team is Austin Reeves. Now, um, how things kind of pan out, and maybe Rui has a, a great jump in his game. Maybe D'Angelo Russell, who uh, got less money than I'm sure in less years than he thought he was going to have – a year ago when he was in this position. Maybe he balls out this upcoming season. But I don't think there's any – there's no doubt in my mind that Austin Reeves is the third best player on this Lakers team. Um, he's the third most employ- important player on this Lakers team, and that's not me downplaying D'Lo or Rui or Gabe Vincent or any of these other guys on the – Jared Vanderbilt on the roster. But Austin Reeves is um, – I, I don't think it's even a question what his impact's going to be this upcoming year. As far as as far as the pressure goes, I'm not worried about it. I think there's other guys that I'm more concerned about. I'd, I'd be more concerned about Rui Hachimura. I think will have more pressure than Austin Reeves. Part of the reason is because Austin Reeves has been more consistent with his play, and Rui had a stretch in the playoffs where he played really well and earned himself a great paycheck. And the Lakers need that type of player. Uh, plus, Rui's getting three years, 51, where Austin Reeves is getting four years, 54, where he's arguably the best bargain, one of the best bargains in the NBA. Um, I don't think we're going to have any issues with seeing Austin Reeves take his game to another level or just even maintaining what he's done since the playoffs last year and uh, what he's doing in USA basketball. As far as what Austin Reeves' ceiling is, who knows, man? I mean, I, I, I love watching players that – you don't really know, okay, can they get even better than that? Okay, no, no, come on. He's The guy can't have this type of game. And whatever that level is, I think we're still trying to figure out. And he's young enough to where I think it's very easily – we could easily be sitting in a, a position here a couple of years from now where we're talking about Austin. He's only 25 years old. Twenty five May 29th, he turned 25 years old. The dude was born in 1998. So just kind of shows you how young he is. Um, what's his ceiling? I, I wouldn't be shocked or surprised that in a couple of years from now we're saying Austin Reeves is an all-star. I really wouldn't. I wouldn't. Why not? guy plays defense. The guy creates for other players. He can create his own shot. Um, he, he does a little bit of everything. And, again, he's not he's not ignoring one side of the floor like I'm referring to. A lot of other players in the NBA, they could only play offense or maybe they only, they're only a 3 and D guy. Austin Reeves has a little bit of everything. So – 
I'm a fan when players send messages to their franchise. I'll tell you what I'm referring to here. I'm a fan when a player's got juice, or I'm sorry, when a player has juice and he uses it. I'm a fan when somebody knows, hey, this franchise is depending on me. And what I mean by that is, if that player really, really, truly wants to win, if winning is a top priority, I like when when big-time franchise players say, hey, uh, I can't guarantee you that I'm going to be here past this year, whatever it is, past my next contract. You guys remember when LeBron... I'm going to tie this back to Giannis Antetokounmpo because I think he had some really interesting quotes and there's, believe it or not, a way to tie this back to the Lakers. Um, You guys remember when LeBron James was with Cleveland and Dan Gilbert, the owner of the Cleveland Cavaliers, this is in his second stint. He might have even been doing it before, but LeBron was always signing those one plus ones. One plus one basically meant I'm guaranteeing you this year coming up, but next year is a player option. And then we get to the following season. I'm getting guaranteeing you this one year, but the following season is going to be a, a player option. I'm in complete control. LeBron wasn't doing it strictly from a financial perspective. No, from a financial perspective, it makes more sense. Go lock up your five years. You never know what can happen. Maybe you get injured, maybe something like that. And LeBron would roll the dice. He'd say, no, I'm good. I want Dan Gilbert to know that at any moment I can walk away from this franchise because unless he's taking my input, um, that he's making trades, that he's doing everything he can at the trade deadline, that he's signing some of the players that I'm encouraging him to sign, uh, and I'm talking about referring to you know at the uh, in free agency or whatever the case is. Um, I'm a big fan when players almost in a way hold a franchise hostage, but in a good way. They want to win. They're trying to compete. I think we could all agree that in sports, um, the owner doesn't mean their number one goal is to win. A lot of owners are looking. Think about owners that bought teams in the last 25 years, what their net worth is today. Think about owners that bought teams 10 years ago, what their net worth is today. I keep hearing everybody talking about, man, when this new NBA deal comes down or when the uh, the new TV contracts where now all of a sudden you're probably going to have Amazon and Apple and you're going to have all these other streaming services competing against ESPN and TNT and who knows who else is going to be competing. They want live sports. They know how valuable that is. Can you imagine what the valuations for all those team owners are going to be? Well, not every team owner out there has the best interest of the city or the best interest of the franchise. They could. This could just strictly be a, a business that makes them a ton of money, and that's all they care about. Giannis Antetokounmpo, in a, I'm going to call it shocking, because I had no idea Giannis felt this way. And the Milwaukee Bucks are not a franchise that, since Giannis at least has been there, they're competing. They got, they've won an NBA championship. If you guys remember back a couple years ago, they beat the Phoenix Suns in six games. Giannis had some really, really interesting words in an article that he did in the New York Times with Tanya Ganguly. Tanya Ganguly used to work for the LA Times, cover the Lakers. So she, he had some really interesting quotes in that article. And then Mark Stein of uh, does a great job as well covering the league 
on his Substack somehow found a way to tie the Lakers and the Knicks into it. Let's talk about that when we come back. I appreciate you guys being a part of the show. Mike Trudell coming up at 7.30. This is Lakers Talk on 710 ESPN. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. I have Mike Trudell uh, coming up in about 15 minutes or so. Obviously, Mike Trudell covers the Lakers uh, directly for the team and also with Spectrum Sportsnet. Looking forward to getting his thoughts specifically on the Austin Reeves. He's got a really good relationship with Austin Reeves, so I'd love to hear his opinion on the growth of Austin Reeves, everything that he's done. Before we went to break, I started talking about Giannis Attentacumpo and the message, whatever message that is that he's trying to send to the Milwaukee Bucks – um, he did an interview in the New York Times, Tanya Ganguly. I, I want to read off a couple quotes. Okay, This is from Giannis, and then I'll read specifically what Mark Stein put in his substack about the Lakers and the Knicks. He said, next summer, it would make sense for both parties. Even then, I don't know. I would not be the best version of myself if I don't know that everybody's on the same page. Everybody's going for a championship. Everybody's going to sacrifice time away from their family like I do. And if I don't feel that, I'm not signing. All right. That's an interesting one. Giannis is, he's coming up on the third year, on his third season of a five-year deal, but he has a player option in that fifth year. Read another quote from Giannis. At the end of the day, I feel like all my teammates know and the organization knows that I want to win a championship. As long as we're on the same page, uh, you show me we're all going to win a championship together, I'm all for it. The moment I feel like, oh yeah, we're trying to rebuild, there will never be hard feelings with the Milwaukee Bucks. Those are powerful words. And I go back to it. I'm going to say what I said in the beginning. I like this. I'm a fan of players basically who are trying to win an NBA championship, who it's all about competing. This is why they play the game. The money's going to come. The marketing's going to come. Who cares? He's uh, he's won an MVP. He's won a finals MVP. He's done all that. I'm trying to win. I'm not trying to win one. Final quote that I want to read here. Um, he said, I don't want to be 20 years on the same team and don't win another championship. So Giannis clearly is letting the Milwaukee Bucks know, who, by the way, got, uh, I know with Chris Middleton, Brooke Lopez, Drew Holiday, all these guys are in their 30s. 
maybe Giannis is looking past this current run with the players that they have with the Milwaukee Bucks. Whatever they're looking at, I haven't got any indication that the Milwaukee Bucks are not trying to win an NBA championship, but Giannis could be saying this isn't good enough. We got to go get more talent. We got to find more ways. We got to um, maybe we got to get younger. Whatever the case is, Giannis is clearly, clearly making his um, making his voice heard. Now, the thing I wanted to tie into the Lakers and the Knicks, something came out. Uh, this was actually I feel like it was in the last few hours or so. Or so and this is like I mentioned, this is coming from. Um, from uh, Mark Stein, who's as good as it gets when it when, when we're talking about covering the NBA. Here's something that he put out in his substack. He said, the Lakers and the Knicks are already being mentioned as franchises presumed to interest Attentacumpo down the road if he does decide to move on from Milwaukee. Um, Kurt Heelan also said, Lakers, Knicks in line if Giannis Attentacumpo ever decides to leave the Bucks." All right, a couple things here. Do I feel like Giannis Attentacumpo, Laker fans, go start buying your Giannis, go start buying the Giannis uh, jersey here in uh, the next couple of years? Do I feel, you know what, Team NBA store, they should start selling, uh, or the LA Live, their uh, store there at crypto.com, they should start selling Bucks, or not Bucks, Giannis jersey? No, I don't feel that. But I'll tell you why this is interesting for a couple different reasons. Number one, I think more than anything else, Giannis has a plan. Giannis's plan is to make sure that the Milwaukee Bucks know, even said no hard feelings to the Milwaukee Bucks if this doesn't work out. He wants the Milwaukee Bucks to know we better be competing for a championship, period. Okay, well, if you go do an article in the New York Times and you get quotes like that, you get, I mean, those don't look like he has not been thinking about it. He just woke up that morning and said, you know what? I'm just going to throw out some random quotes to the New York Times. That sounds like something he's been thinking about. That sounds like a player that is calculated, that understands that, hey, if I go out and say this, people are going to listen. People are going to hear these quotes, and they are powerful. Let's go to the next step here. If you also want to garner some attention, um, Make sure that you find a way to tie the most two po- the two most popular franchises in the NBA, which is the Lakers and the Knicks. That the Lakers and the Knicks are being mentioned as possibilities, according to Mark Stein, if Giannis Antetokounmpo decided in a couple years to leave the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, there's another way to go get more attention. The attention of, let me tie in the two markets that are arguably the best basketball markets in the country and the franchises that are the most popular, certainly the Lakers. I don't know where the Knicks are. I say that only because the Knicks just haven't had nearly as many. They haven't had any success since, uh, I mean, literally, I don't think they've won a championship since the 70s when Phil Jackson was there. So that can tell you the amount of success. Lakers won a championship in 2020. And before that, 2009, 2010. And before that, the three people, Shaq and Kobe. And before that, Showtime era. So there's plenty of, you know, obviously championships that the Lakers have been a part of, but to tie those two teams into the mix, um, Giannis has a purpose here, and his goal, no question about it, is to raise an incredible amount of interest, to have people talking about it, and to also, I guess you can say, warn the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, I'm, I'm letting everybody know what I want. Now, this could also be the case as well in regards to Giannis Antetokounmpo. Giannis has done something really, really cool. And, you know, I I respect this so much. I I put Jokic on this level as well. 
when you win an NBA championship and you win it for a franchise that Giannis right now, um, looking at his age, find it into he's 28 years old, and he came into the league when he was 19. Giannis will have played 10-plus years with the Milwaukee Bucks, even if he does decide to leave in two years or whatever the case is. What Giannis has done that's so cool, and Jokic, I put it in the same category, they won a championship for a market that's not accustomed to winning championships. Denver Nuggets had never won an NBA championship. Jokic just accomplished it. The Bucks hadn't won an NBA championship, what was it, 50 years, something like that? It was back when Kareem Abdul-Jabbar was there in the 70s. And you scratch that one off the list. When LeBron did it in Cleveland, like those to me are the coolest things where franchises that are not accustomed to winning win, and then here's your star player that has so much to do with it. Maybe this, there's no BS behind this. Maybe Giannis is just simply, uh, and I'm not trying to say Giannis is BSing, but maybe Giannis could easily say in a couple years, okay, look, I've been with this franchise for 10, 11 years. I brought them an NBA championship. Every time I come to Milwaukee, they're always going to love Giannis Antetokounmpo because I brought them a chip. I made it competitive again. I made the games fun. The Milwaukee Bucks became a, a, a household name around the league. But on top of that, I want to go to another market. I, what, why, for a player like that to decide, I want to go play for the Los Angeles Lakers, mission accomplished in Milwaukee. If he decided, I want to go play for the New York Knicks, I know the Knicks have kind of put themselves in a position where they got a ton of first-round picks. They got a lot of assets. They're, they're cleaning up the mess that they've had for the last few years. Maybe he says, okay, now I want to go play for the New York Knicks. I don't think that's out of the ordinary either. So when I read these quotes, I don't think this is a stretch. I thought last week it was more of a stretch than I think about it today. I think now that you have a second to digest it, to kind of see where he's coming from, um, and to see somebody that's already accomplished, sometimes it happens opposite, where a player is with a market. Anthony Davis is in New Orleans for X amount of years, doesn't feel like he can compete for a championship, leaves and comes to the Los Angeles Lakers, wins a championship in his first year, and this past year they were competing again. They get to the Western Conference Finals. There's also a lot of great players that never have an opportunity to compete for an NBA championship, stay in a market too long. Um, they're, they're just playing under bad ownership, and there's nothing they could do. Maybe Giannis in a couple years just simply decides, okay, I got a chip. I've been competing for championships the last few years. What would it be like to play in a big-time market with a big-time brand? I don't think that's a crazy thing to think about. Um, and I know we're a couple days away or a couple years away from any of that stuff happening, but I did find those quotes very interesting, and I thought the um, Mark Stein on, on Substack putting that in there as well just kind of added to some of it. All right, let me squeeze in a quick call. For, um, let's go to Daniel in Santa Monica. Daniel, what's going on? Thank you for calling in. Hey, what's going on, Al? Thanks for taking the call. Uh, Got it, man. Thanks for Laker Talk, too. Always, always makes the drive home way better. Um, but real quick, you know, just touching on, on the offseason, I, I love all the pieces we have. I think we have a legit title contending team with all the pieces we have, but I think the most important thing we got to do uh, until the season starts is establish a, an offensive scheme, an offensive structure. I think um, the reason why, like, talking heads like Charles Barkley are probably right about our only chance being if AD um, is an MVP-like candidate is because we, in the last few seasons, it's just been the same old thing. Pick and roll. Pick and roll doesn't work. It's an ISO. 
Um, but I feel like all the elite, I know a lot of teams in the NBA play like that, but all the elite teams have some kind of structure and flow where you have primary, secondary, tertiary action, simultaneous things happening. I mean, Slee, you hoop a little bit. I know, I know you know. When you don't have to guard, you're like licking, licking your chops because you have your fresh legs on for the other end. And I think that that's why the bubble Lakers, I think, were so good because Rondo is such a great coach to have on the floor that we, that we did run a nice, good, sound system. So we had unpredictable things happening, and we didn't need AD to have 35 and 18 every single night because that's kind of unrealistic for us to expect. So I just think the most important thing we do now is, is establish some kind of offensive structure. Like you think of the Warriors, you think of the Spurs, you think of the Nuggets, you think of all these elite teams they have. You kind of know that they have all these all these uh, offensive schemes in place. I'm just well, and, 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 and I think Daniel and I appreciate you calling in. I think they also got real weapons as well. And maybe Reeves now is a real weapon, and and Rui is potentially a real weapon. They're, by the way, they're going to need the Barkley stuff. I'm going to get into a little bit later. Basically, Barkley saying Lakers are not close to competing for a championship unless AD is an MVP. We'll do that in a little bit. Uh, let me squeeze in one more quick call here, and then we got Mike Trudell coming up next. Uh, let's go to Solomon in Lake Balboa. What's going on, Solomon? I'm good, Alan. Nice hearing your voice. You know, yes, a little sir. Lakers talk here means we're getting closer. I'm we're getting, getting closer, my man. We're getting closer. Yes. Love, wonderful. Um, real quick, yeah. Uh, Austin Reeves, uh, i got to agree with you. May not be the third best player. Okay, skill set, you can argue. Third most important player because he meshes with LeBron and AD like nobody. And he, he gives the Lakers that potential for a trifecta. Real quick on the AD contract. 186 mil. The man has not been available 35% of the time. If I'm if I'm in business, I take 35% off, which is just about 121 million. I don't want to embarrass the man or offend him. I'll say, look, I'll give you 150. That's 50 million a year. Don't you think the Lakers could have used that 36 million? Um, I appreciate you calling in. I, listen, I, it's tough when you have big time players like they're going to get the money. They're going to get paid. And, and to be honest with you, I'll, I'll put it this way. I thought in the offseason, Austin Reeves' deal is an incredible discount. I'm shocked he didn't get 80, 90 million, something along those lines. D'Angelo Russell's only a two year deal. You spent 37. Gabe Vincent's three years, 33, I want to say. Um, Jared Vanderbilt's on the books for about four and a half. I think they'll be fine. I really do. And I, I just don't think you can nickel and dime star players. Um,. The Lakers without Anthony Davis, we, we kind of know what that is. So to I, – I get when people are saying, oh, my gosh, you're giving him that much money. Jalen Brown's making $300 million. It, it, This is just kind of the world of the NBA that we're, we're living in, and I'm not as concerned as some other people might be. Now, his availability is always going to be a question mark. That part's fair. Mike Trudell coming up next. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. 
Plus, you can send with confidence knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a one dollar per month trial period at Shopify.com/network. All lowercase. Go to Shopify.com/network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify.com/network. I right, appreciate you guys being a part of the show. We'll go till uh, 8 o'clock tonight. Want to welcome in Mike Trudell, beat reporter for the Lakers, also the sideline reporter uh, for Spectrum Sportsnet, taking some time to join the show. Mike, what is uh, what is going on? How's your summer going? Clear, what's happening, man? I'm, uh, I just looked at my watch the other day, which is where I check what the date is, and I realized that Laker basketball is about to get going yeah. Real quick, uh, yeah. I've been enjoying watching Austin Reeves uh, just continue to show the rest of the world what an awesome basketball player he is, and that will be much to the Lakers' benefit. Uh, but it, it's just been it's been cool seeing the progression and how far that he's come as we now uh, just think about what kind of impact that's going to be. And I don't know why, I just wanted a little Austin Reeves um, no, joke there for you. It's, it's, but, yes, that, that, he is what I've been thinking about lately. Mike, it's kind, of, it's kind of funny. I um... – First question I was going to ask you was about Austin Reeves. And I, I don't know, it makes me think of during the season, these last couple of years, I could always tell you and him, your guys' interaction together, and I'm sure your relationship has grown with him over the these last couple of years. Just, it, it's crazy to see, and today's another great example. We've had plenty of this. You could talk about the regular season. You could look at the postseason, how he just uh, continues to deliver, and now doing it for USA Basketball. What's this – You've been so up and close of seeing somebody develop in his story. Are, how shocked are you that that he's performing the way he is? He's kind of the – there's always – if USA Basketball has a game, there's a lot of clips specifically on Twitter and on social of Austin Reeves. What have you thought of just his transformation here these, these two years? So I think the, way, the place I would start is – I don't watch a lot of college basketball. Uh, and you and I have talked about this before uh, when we're down at the arena. I, I like to watch a lot of NBA basketball. And then once the young guys come in, you know, that's the time to focus. And for me, summer league is really the point where I say, okay, uh, I go to some of the Lakers scouts uh, and shout out to Jesse Buss, who's just done a terrific job, the director of scouting assistant GM in finding talent for the Lakers over the years. And I say, Hey, of all the guys that are out there, who are some guys that you like? Okay, take some notes, right? And then once they get, once the Lakers actually make their selections, I say, okay, tell me a couple of things about these guys. And the Reeves situation was a little bit similar to what happened with Alex Caruso, uh, just because we know about the two-way contract. And then once they actually got on the court in the preseason with the big-time players, they popped in a different way. And then all of a sudden, the playing time goes up, and it just kind of keeps getting better. And then, so Austin was doing all that steadily. Uh, and I had, by this point, though, Alan, I'd already had a lot of sit-down type conversations where so I, I get to know him and I get to know his game. 
And in terms of how, how good that he got and how quick, I, nothing surprised me that much to the point where we got to last, I'd say, around March. Uh, because the, the rise from that point, I thought, was all pretty obvious if you had been paying close attention and watching. Because the stuff that he's been doing now, uh, he's, he's had all that in his game. But when they trade Westbrook, uh, bring a couple guys in, LeBron gets hurt in the end of February in that Dallas game. And then they need Austin to have the ball more. Before, it was kind of like Austin can do more, but he just isn't getting enough usage. And so once he gets the ball more, that's when all of a sudden the numbers shoot up, the free throw attempts shoot up, the shooting percentage continues to go up, even though uh, the usage is getting higher. And a lot of times when you take more shots, they, it's harder to be as efficient. And then he replicates it not just in the first round, but in the second round when it gets harder. Then he does it in the Western Conference Finals against the Denver team that's playing terrific and shoots even better. So it's just the, the rise to, to, get, to continue to get to that point, that to me is where the surprise is. But once he established that he could do it, as I go on and on here, at that highest level of the playoffs, then what he's doing for Team USA I think should not be a surprise because that usually does translate. And here we are where I'm about to, I'm about to do a Laker Film Room podcast uh, with yep. Pete and Darius um, next week, and we're trying to figure out where does Austin Reeves rank now amongst the best players in the world? And I don't want to say the number that I'm thinking, but it's, it's going, it's like every game you watch, you're probably going the same way, Alan. Every time you see him play for Team USA, you, you start to think of, okay, that's, that's maybe another number. That's maybe another guy that he climbed over. And, and that's the rise. It's been pretty fun. Well, and he does everything. And I think that's the thing, especially watching a USA basketball the balance in his stat sheet, right? Like some guys might just come in and they come in off the bench and they just get you buckets or they're there to just play defense. Maybe a 3 and D guy does a little bit of everything. And I, I love seeing it on this stage as well because I'm sure for his own confidence level, playing with his peers, playing with other players that are really talented around the NBA, I'm sure it only helps uh, for him to do that. Mike, I, I threw out this question a little bit earlier that – What's the ceiling for him? I mean, and is it as simple as just saying that, hey, I think this guy can be an all-star in the next couple of years? And I don't think that sounds crazy. I really don't. He's playing with other players right now as a part of USA Basketball. They are all-stars. So is it is it crazy to think that this guy could be an all-star in the next couple of years or so? So – all-star is an interesting designation. You have all-star. To me, the more meaningful one is all-NBA, uh, which is just like the top 15 players. Of course, all-star, you get closer to – honestly, it gets closer to 30 because it starts at 12 and 12, and then you inevitably get three or four guys. A couple injuries. Injury. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so, so can he be in the top 30? For sure. W- what it would take, though, when you have the names of LeBron James and, and Anthony Davis, who, to me, as the summer has gone on, uh, he's been – one of the more underrated names out there. Uh, I, I heard this one show where they were, they were trying to figure out, hey, who for Team USA, ah, man, who's the best big man right now? It's like, well, Jaron Jackson Jr. Yeah, he's the best American big. It's like, whoa, 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 whoa. I love Jaron Jackson Jr., but Anthony Davis, thank you, is the best big man, especially for FIBA, but just in general for the NBA. Like, Anthony Davis is a top 10 player uh, right now, and there's a pretty good argument to make for top five, all of the health stuff aside. So let me, let me just throw that in there because as, as the all-star conversation goes, if the Lakers are, are like the number one seed and they're, they have a, a decent lead on the number two, that's where you start to think about, um, okay, wow, look at Austin's numbers. You know, could, could he be mentioned in that class? But it's tough to ever get more than two unless it's a totally dominant team. 
And I think that that's difficult to happen uh, in the Western Conference where you have so much parity. You have a lot of really good teams. You only have a couple teams that aren't trying to win. So this year might be too soon just for those purposes, barring knock on wood, uh, an unforeseen injury. But in terms of skill set, to to give you the short answer, the answer is yes, because he's 25 years old. He's not going to get worse. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get more fit and and all that. The skills are going to be there. And I think he's already knocking on the door um, to, to kind of get into that 30th, in between 30 and 40 potentially type of value because of what he does is, is some of the most difficult stuff to actually successfully do. And that's create a shot for yourself efficiently, create a shot for a teammate without turning the ball over and then not being a minus defensively. That is Ellen. Like those are, those are $30 million a year um, type numbers or, or type abilities, right? That, that every team is trying to find. And he's definitely knocking on that door. Mike Trudell covers uh, the Los Angeles Lakers, beat reporter for the Lakers, also sideline reporter, host analyst on Spectrum Sportsnet as well, uh, joining Lakers talk here. Um, Mike, I got a question on the AD from – I'm going to hold AD for a quick second. Lakers go out in the offseason. Rui Hachimura they bring back. D'Angelo Russell they bring back. uh, Obviously, Austin Reeves. Um, AD gets extended. Uh, kind of go down the list here. Jackson Hayes, uh, Gabe Vincent comes. Of all the moves that the Lakers made, and I, I think I'm more just kind of looking at the NBA, man, when you have depth, when as great as LeBron and Anthony Davis are, it, it also just changes everything when you got multiple guys that can contribute, multiple guys that can help you in an 82-game grind and let the, the superstars do what they do come postseason. Uh, just your thoughts on the roster overall, the team that the players that are coming back and the new additions that they got. I think they did what they needed to do. And that was maintain the continuity from a team that was really clicking on all cylinders for an extended period of time from February through the end of the playoff run. And that's not something that's been able to happen for the last couple of years, especially since they made the original Russell Westbrook trade, which required a lot of the roster to go out the first time. Then the second season required a lot of the other positions to change over. And I think that that was at, that put the Lakers at a pretty big disadvantage going into both of those regular seasons. So particularly since they were able to get everybody back on pretty reasonable deals and, you know, by reasonable as an undersell, certainly for Reese's, which is one of the best contracts in the league. D'Lo, I thought they got him at a really good number for the production that he has. And then, you know, Rui on this team, I think uh, that was that was a, a fair contract just relative to where he could continue to get better uh, when he's the third best athlete on the court on his team. That's, of course, because LeBron and AD are on the team. Nobody else has a third guy that can match up physically with Rui. Um, so I think that just it kind of increases his value almost exponentially on this specific team. So then they make a couple moves around the margins. I think NBA pl- uh, fans that watched the finals and watched all the way through and saw Gabe Vincent uh, coming up in those type of big moments. I do think they missed Schroeder a little bit. Uh, Dennis, I always felt, was a little bit undersold uh, for the contributions that he made in yeah, L.A. relative to, to what he did in other places where he struggled, for example, in Boston. So I think they'll miss him. But Vincent does approximate um, some things that Schroeder does and is a better shooter. So, like, Tory Prince, I like – basically, Alan, they, they didn't make a single mistake, uh, and they, they put themselves in position to have a much better start to the season. Now, the thing that I've, been, that I've been thinking about, as they haven't even filled the 14th roster spot, Rob Palenka has spoken about how a center is clearly the position that makes the most sense in terms of a need there. 
And the issue to me is more just that whoever you bring in now with that position, is that player going to be the type of guy that can step in for 10 games if AD uh, can't play here or there, or that can step in for LeBron in that front court spot? Because they've got plenty of depth in the backcourt. They've got plenty of depth in terms of playmaking uh, and all that kind of stuff. But I still think that's the place where eventually this season uh, they'll have to address uh, if, if they're going to go ahead and make a, a run towards what they ultimately want to get to, which is, of course, a title. So that's the one thing for the roster. But that type of player wasn't out there. That it wasn't something that they could have done with the, the money and the assets they had. I just think that... It's a lot easier, though, to think about the season going in relative to last year when we all knew they had to make a major trade if they were going to do anything. This year, I think it can be more of a tweak uh, to, to fill a position that is just a little bit shorthanded and, and so that there's less stress on Anthony Davis and all that he has to do as that center uh, and really the only guy that you can completely depend upon on that side of the court. Mike, final one for you, and I, as always, appreciate the time here in the offseason. Um, we'll stay on Anthony Davis for a quick set, uh, quick second. So I've heard last couple of – maybe over the last week, KG talking about, hey, I expect Kevin Garnett, I expect Anthony Davis to be an MVP in the next year or two. Um, you've heard Stephen A. Smith, Charles Barkley say, hey, the only way the Lakers can be true contenders is if Anthony Davis is in that MVP conversation. Um, you've watched – literally every minute that Anthony Davis has been a Laker. I know a lot of times it's not necessarily fair when you look at Anthony Davis and if he has an inconsistent nine on offense, maybe they're not paying attention to his impact that he has on the defensive side. From your perspective, what do the Lakers need from Anthony Davis this upcoming year to truly, truly compete for a chip? LeBron gets this question a lot, and he almost always looks at whoever's asking it and kind of rolls his eyes. Like, like, are you guys? What are you guys talking about? Did you see what he did when we actually won the title? Uh, did you see him being the best defensive force in the postseason to carry the team to the Western Conference Finals? And we focus so much on this kind of alpha offensive perspective as to what an MVP is. And I, by the way, that's fair. I, I get that. But that is not the number one way that Davis is wired. And that I think that's the difference in some ways between Embiid and Jokic in AD, where like they're going into the game as the number one option. They're going to get the most shots. They're going to have the ball the most. And they're able to execute within that. And, and I think that Davis can get close to that. Remember, he's a, look at his career average, right, it, especially in the postseason. It's not like he struggles to score, and he certainly does it efficiently. But the difference between those two guys, the guys I mentioned who have been former MVPs and be getting the last one, Jokic the previous two, is that AD is just a lot better defensively. Now, Embiid can impact the defensive game, certainly in the regular season because of his size, but he is not near the overall defender that Davis is, where he can get out to the perimeter, he can switch on a guy. The last thing you want to try to do is isolate him and attack him, uh, even though a couple of teams did last year, and it always seems to end up with AD winning. So, like, he is just – this is where I go before. Everybody's in the fantasy football mode right now, including me, and like, hey, what are some of the buy lows? Davis continues to be a buy low relative to what, the way that he has talked about and the impact that he has on the game. And I think that watching him night to night is the best way to do that. Of course, not everybody can watch every Laker game every minute of it. Um, so, to me, the only issue for AD is staying on the court more. Um, could – Sure, Alan. If you told me that, that he was going to get 20 shots a game and he was going to be super aggressive the whole time, I'd say, okay, that sounds good, but do you know how much energy that takes? And then is he going to be able to completely dominate defensively if you're asking him to do that much more? 
Well, guess what? On this team, he doesn't have to. He's got Austin Reeves. He's got, of course, LeBron James first. Um, he's got D'Lo. He's got Gabe Vincent. No, I, I like how he played last year. And if he doesn't get 30 points one night when he's getting double teamed, let's not all go out and say that he's struggling because <laughs> that's just not the case. Mike, great stuff, buddy. I, I appreciate your uh, insight as rant, always. Rant over. rant over. Sorry, Alan. Rant over. What's no, no, no. This is good. That, that's and by the way, I, I think it's we hear so much of one perspective. I think that's a great perspective to have. That it, I, I think the only my criticism is just this. Sometimes it's just the inconsistency of what he's doing on offense. But there's never a question on what he's doing on the defensive side. And yeah, I think you know obviously everybody well, knows related, the impact that Please. he has. I think those two. <laughs> I think those two things are related, right? Like because because when you are doing that much every night defensively, every possession, it is ridiculous to ask the wear and tear. The number one alpha score um, on the other end, just for the just go play pickup basketball and and try every single possession on defense, and then also try to get your shot off a bunch of times. Like that's that's the part of the game I think that sometimes we just expect to a ridiculous nature that AD is going to get thirty every night while still doing everything defensively. Because LeBron is more consistent offensively, but LeBron at this stage, you're going to year 21, shouldn't be giving defensively every night. And that's that's just the, that's the, the point that I'm going to keep hammering, Sliwa, as we go into the season. Well, my man, we're going to see you sooner than later over there at uh, probably in El Segundo first and then at Crypto.com. So thank you for taking the time, Mike. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code FIRSTTAKE and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more, more than, than ever. ever. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to gamble responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. This U.S. promotional offer not available in D.C., Mississippi, North Carolina, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369 for New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. For Massachusetts, 1-800-327-5050. For Iowa, 1-800-BETS-OFF. For Puerto Rico, 1-800-981-0023. For West Virginia, Visit 1-800-GAMBLER.net. First bet offer for new customers only. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. All right, no problem. Have a good one. Uh, I'll, I'll talk to you later, bud. <laughs> that is Mike Trudell right there. Uh, always the best. Breaking it down as always. Final thoughts when we come back. I do want to get into that Barkley thing I was talking about. Stay right here. Lakers talk on 710 ESPN. I thank you to uh, Mike Trudell there for joining the show. I'm going to go kind of quick on this one. I'll do more of it tomorrow with Travis Rogers. We'll continue the conversation. Charles Barkley was on with Bill Simmons, and I want to um, read off a uh, quick quote here from, uh, from Barkley. He says, sometimes when sports and the games are close, you are like, man, we are close. 
but the Lakers aren't. Now, it'll be interesting about all the stuff they did. As I said last season, we'll all come down to Anthony Davis. If Anthony Davis, as much as I love LeBron, I said last season and two seasons before, the Lakers are not going anywhere if Anthony Davis is not an MVP candidate. The Lakers were lucky to have a great draw in the playoffs, but AD does not have a MVP caliber. If AD does not have an MVP caliber season, the Lakers are going nowhere. Little or little uh, confused by Barkley saying that the Lakers um, that they just had a lucky draw. They went seventeen and eight after the the NBA trade deadline. I mean, clearly the Lakers the, the moves that they made were effective. They ended up being the Memphis Grizzlies in six games. They beat the defending NBA champs in six games in the Golden State Warriors. How does he say they're not close? That's the part I get confused about. I mean, unless he just didn't like what the Lakers did in the offseason, I know the competition's always going to be really, really good in the Western Conference. But to say that the Lakers are not close, they just made it to the Western Conference Finals. That's a tough one for me to understand. The AD conversation, I know that can always go on. Whether AD's top two, three, four, or five in the NBA, uh, the, 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 really the answer is he's got to be great, and that's what I think we all know. Uh, quick shout-out. Thank you to Mike uh, Trudell, Michael Funches, handling everything, Laura Romo inside the studio as well, and Mario Ruiz taking care of all the imaging. LA, as always, uh, I appreciate it. Hope you guys have a great rest of your night. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today.